The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the First and Ten Podcast right here on the Blogging the Boys Podcast Network. Happy Monday to everybody. It is Dave Sturcio, Tony Catalina, Aiden Davis, both of those guys, premier writers of bloggingtheboys.com. Fellas, how we doing? We're one week in. It's officially August, which is just mind-numbing to me, to be honest with you. Uh, right before we went on the air tonight, um, it's just funny because, you know, we're eventually, unfortunately, we're going to have to talk about a CD Lamb contract in, in the near future, right? Because that's just going to happen, and that's just who we are. We always got to deal with the, with the drama. Right before we went on here, it looks like uh, – and the only reason why I – bring this up is because this is the team that took us out in 2021 uh looks like Debo Samuel got locked up for the next three years so he's going to be making similar if not same money as DK Metcalf your guys thoughts first on that deal and do you think that the 49ers got a little bit of a steal I'll start with Aiden so I honestly I have not seen this contract yet what are we talking about we are do talking, we know that like it's, what's, it's it's a big deal um okay I've seen three so, million or $71.5 million extension with 58 guaranteed. So basically almost all of it. Um, And then remember, this is an extension. So this is not like a new, new deal. He wasn't going to hit free agency anytime soon, but like, you know, this is the one that is going to keep him in San Francisco. And like, I know that the Cowboys love their due diligence and they do all the things, but do you think there was ever a chance that Debo wasn't going to be a 49er this year, Aiden? I didn't know. I thought there was a 0% chance. I, he, he was going to be a 49er just like I knew Kyler Murray was going to stay with the Cardinals like at this point and good on these agents I guess they're telling their men that hey if you threaten to leave that's where we can get you a payday unfortunately yeah. every player in the NFL is now doing it but uh no in terms of how, what I think this means for the Cowboys it means CD Lamb is going to if Here's my thing. If we were disappointed about $20 million for Amari Cooper, I think we're that's <laughs> we're gonna be paying CeeDee Lamb significantly buckle up, more. Everybody, I, buckle up. I think if way too early prediction, I think if CD Lamb has the year that many expect him to have, we could be talking about a $30 million contract. Ooh, by God. next year, by next year when the salary okay. cap 
rises. So, yeah. Before I get to Tony's thoughts, you say $30 million. All right, what team is he playing for? Because <laughs> he ain't playing for Jalen in that deal. No way. Oh, my God. We're talking about freaking uh, Michael Gallup's going to be wide receiver one. Uh, anyway, well, we'll live in that world. Tony, your thoughts on the Debo deal? As Like I said, it broke literally right before we started talking. Yeah, you know, kind of Aiden touched on it. I didn't, he wasn't going anywhere. This is the new way, the new age with the CBA. Everybody's holding in. There's no holdouts anymore. They show up. They just don't do anything. You just knew that it was uh, – the deal was going to get done. The way the money is, they pretty much said it. Like, yeah, like, that's cute. You want to leave. We're not letting you go anywhere. They just got it done. But uh, it's crazy to me on a side note about – about Debo Samuel is how he was so adamant about not being used in a way that he's super effective. He doesn't want as many handoffs and touches in that nature. So that's kind of, that's an interesting perspective. If we thought about a guy that was on the Cowboys to be like, I want the ball a certain way. I know this way helps the team, but I want the ball. Don't give me it like that. I think if we heard that and we were talking about it, I think we'd have a little problem with that, but you know, he got his money good for him. We got a we got ourselves a Debo Samuel at home. We got Tony Pollard that we haven't used, so <laughs> we'll figure that out eventually. So, speaking of guys like Tony Pollard and the 2022 Dallas Cowboys, uh, last week was their first week of training camp. Uh, all the players arrived. We had some practices. We had some highlights. We had some low lights. A couple guys walked off the field a little hobbled. Like, there's going to be a couple things. Uh, Aiden, what can you tell us uh, as far as the injury front? What guys are we going to be not missing so much, but like what guys are going to be a little hesitant using in week two? In week two? Like oh, coming up now. training camp. I yeah, thought yeah. we were already previewing week two of this season. All right. Man, you're getting ahead um, of yourself, son. Well, so on, I know that the last practice of the week, Saturday, CD Lamb apparently had a quote unquote a little tightness from what I'm hearing. But what I'm also hearing is that it doesn't really seem like there's any reason to concern. In fact, any reason for concern. In fact, I think Jerry came out and said like it was a veteran's day off. So that's good news. Other than that, I think every week you go through without a major injury is a huge win. I think right now we're just the main injury news is monitoring Jabril Cox and Michael Gallup, which from what we're hearing right now is positive ish. It's about what we're expecting, but from from the first week of training camp to not have any significant injuries like this, I think we just experienced a huge win. Tony, now, he, he mentioned Michael Gallup, and, and, you know, he made some headlines this week basically telling the world that it would be a pretty much a long shot for him to line up uh, against Tampa Bay in week one. Now, if this doesn't happen, and all signs are kind of showing that it won't happen, um, is there anybody that's jumping off the chart at you in, in in training camp? I know there's been a lot of highlight films, and all of a sudden, people are starting to talk about these unsung heroes. And of course, there's there's guys out there that are like, "I told you about this guy." You know what I mean? Like, of course, you're going to take credit for you know somebody making a couple flashy plays. But in the event that Michael Gallup isn't there, and you, you obviously have the the rookie connection with Tolbert, and you got Noah Brown kind of flashing some good, and obviously CD Lamb that we mentioned him before. Anybody else, uh, you know, somebody flashing a little speed, a little little extra something, something? Yeah, you know, it's it's kind of funny that it was kind of, if you're speaking about James Washington specifically, right, he had a kind of little roller coaster type week. Early on, he got banged up on a, on a little nine route that, uh, you know, came up a little hobbled on the shoulder, didn't miss any practice time, which is good. You know, he shook it off. It wasn't too serious. But everything you've heard leading up at the end of the week, going into, you know, Friday, Saturday, is that he, uh, you know, he looked good. I think people are saying that he, you know, him and him and Dak are getting on that page. That's what training camp's all about, getting on that same page and kind of working together. Um, and then, 
CD Lamb himself, we were just speaking about it. He um he was speaking about Jalen Tolbert and saying that Jalen Tolbert's a real savvy, you know, savvy route runner. He's a guy that's gonna make a lot of noise. He expects big things from him. And to hear that type of stuff about a rookie, because he doesn't have to go out of his way to praise a rookie like that, right? I think Jalen Tolbert is going to be gritty, that guy in the middle who's going to make hands catches. He's going to do it in traffic. So you'd love to see that when the pads get on. you like to see it in the preseason when he gets a little bit of snaps. But to hear that essentially the two big offseason, if you want to do it air quotes, big offseason additions in the wide receiver room is James Washington and Jalen Tolbert. For the positive to be about them heading out of week one is is a good thing for the Cowboys. Flipping over to the other side of the ball, uh, Aiden, um, both guys, both of two leaders of our team, Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, both came out and said that they're seeing some big things out of Sam Williams. What can you say after one week of watching some film? And again, there's not a lot out there. I know a lot of people, guys, there was people doing like, and this is a shout out to some of my Cowboy content creator friends. They were out there after one day of, of practice, like just like dissecting the wall, the, like the, the sky was falling. It was ridiculous. So what can you say? about Sam Williams and is the addition of Tack McKinley uh McKinley uh going to be one of those things I mean is that official yet I don't even know if it's official yet I don't no think so. no he's it's visiting not. the Cardinals tomorrow oh is he okay so that might yeah. not be a thing all right so but in any event we're talking about Sam Williams um do you feel like this kid is going to be kind of live up to everything that we're expecting him to be this is going to sound pessimistic and I'm not I just I'm not going to make a decision on Sam Williams <laughs> This is one thing that I warned about a, a couple weeks ago, and I've written about it on the website. We hear headlines like this, like Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence, they love Sam Williams. And naturally, it gets the rest of us all excited. Oh, what if Sam Williams has a Micah Parsons-esque season this year? My only issue is that I don't buy into positive headlines during training camp just because they're so easy to come by. I mean, if... If you asked Micah Parsons, what's your opinion on Sam Williams? It's probably pretty easy to get a positive response out of him. I mean, I'm just right now I'm going to base my opinions off the preseason. I love to see these positive headlines, but what I'm reading more into is the non headlines and the negative headlines. Man, man, just like you, you think you got I all the positive you, was... momentum and juju in this world. And here comes Aiden just slam dunking the negativity. My God, bro. We're going to win the Super I'm Bowl just, this year. What is wrong with you? <laughs> I'm just not ready to ground Sam Williams the next right, listen, yet. I'm with you. I, I don't want to jump to, to any conclusions. The only thing I could say about Sam Williams is that he actually physically looks like Micah Parsons. That's really all I can say. <laughs> he, he actually, if you put them next to each other, you'd be like, oh, cool. They're brothers. Um, but yeah, no. So I, I'm not going to jump all over that one. Um, now flipping back over to the offensive side of the ball. Now let's let's call it how it is. Later on in this episode, ladies and gents, of all you first and ten fans, you're going to get a special treat because at the end of this episode, you're actually going to hear an interview between R.J. Ochoa and the goat himself, Emmett Smith, the greatest running back maybe of all time, according to me at least. Um, stats don't lie. All time leading rusher, he's the guy, right? Um, so you'll hear that at the end of this. But in regards to the 2022 Cowboys, Jerry Jones has gone on record, and so has Emmett, as you'll hear, um, talking good about my guy. My guy, Ezekiel Elliott. He should be the feature back. They should work around him. Tony, I mean, obviously you've seen him. I guess they're sticking with that helmet, by the way. I don't know if that's safe. I feel like the face mask is way too close to his nostrils. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, this is like, it's like just flat against his face. Um, 
Are you seeing the burst that we need to see out of Zeke? I know it's one week, so we can't get too nuts. But do you think that, like, do you tend to side with the Joneses, or do you tend to just kind of, we still need Pollard to get this rock? All right. So for me, if it wasn't for you, Starch, honestly, I would probably be the leader in the clubhouse for the Zeke fan club. But you got me beat, and, you know, I appreciate that because I'm right there with you. I think Ezekiel Elliott has a chance. I loved what I saw from him pre-injury. Pre-injury, post-injury, Aiden put up a great stat on it a few, you know, maybe a couple months ago when Ezekiel Elliott was night and day after the injury. What else could you attribute the poor numbers to other than the injury when the stats before that were so good, right? I mean, he still ended up with a thousand yard rushing and he ended up with 10 touchdowns. Now, what I don't love is the way Jerry Jones kind of put it together and kind of put the onus on him saying like the offense is going to run through Ezekiel Elliott. He doesn't need that pressure, right? The fan base, the media is all ready to see what Tony Pollard can do. Rightfully so, Tony Pollard should get more touches. He should get more carries. I don't think anybody here is not in favor of that. But Ezekiel Elliott is going to run the ball and he is going to get the ball 20 plus times a game. And that's going to happen. You know, and I think Jerry Jones said that much. And I think we can read through the tea leaves of the Jerryisms that that's going to happen. But I also think that's kind of telling of how Jerry Jones and this team is building. You look at the way they drafted Tyler Smith and they look at Terrence Steele. Two of the better things that they do is run block moving forward. Pass protection is not their forte, right? I think they're trying to say that this team is best built when they're running the ball, when they're controlling the clock. And, you know, at the same time, it's night and day from what last year was. Last year, we had three wide receivers. We were super excited about spreading the ball out in Team 40 Burger. But, you know, every year, the way the roster is constructed, that just may be the way they feel about it. So, Ezekiel Elliott, all aboard, right? It's going to be the hype train. It's going to be the Zeke train. And, you know, we'll see what happens. And, yeah, we got to feed him. That's it. Like you said, Search, we got to feed him. Aiden, with the fact that Jerry and now Emmett have both come out and pray, not, not so much praise, but like, hey, guys, <clears throat> this is where this offense needs to go. Is that good pressure or is that bad pressure for Ezekiel Elliott where all signs, according to everybody around the Internet, no matter if you're a Zeke fan or you're not, based off of his contract and his numbers, a lot of people are saying this could be the last year in Dallas. Personally, I don't like it. I don't like hearing it. I don't like reading it, but it's out there, right? So the fact that Jerry Jones and now Emmett Smith have both went on record and said this, this offense runs behind Zeke. Is that adding good or bad pressure to a 2022 campaign? I, in my opinion, it doesn't add any pressure to Zeke. I don't think it's good pressure or bad pressure because I mean, listen, if, the Cowboys decide to go out there and hand them the ball 30 times a game and he can't get it done. Well, then, I mean, at that point, you're going to have to switch things up because, I mean, Zeke's either going to get it done this season or he's not. So I don't really think there's any pressure. Like, I don't think this adds extra pressure on Zeke. The reason I hate these quotes and the reason that I kind of make my skin crawl a little bit is because I Keep think... Keep going with the negativity. We're, we're loving this. We're loving this theme right now. Keep going, Aiden. <laughs> <laughs> Just give me a sec. The reason I hate these headlines is because it puts an incredible amount of pressure on Kellen Moore to run the offense the way he thinks Jerry wants it to run. So mm -hmm. when he hears, when he hears, oh, I want Zeke to be the first, second, and third down back. I want Zeke to get 25 touches a game. I don't want anybody to touch the ball on the field other than Zeke, including Dak. We, we, he doesn't even need to touch the ball. Let's just run Wildcat. To me, I think now Kellen Moore is going to his drawing board. He's like, Okay, well, now that's another pressure on me to run the ball when, because I think Jerry wants to, when in reality, I think the best play called game of last season was actually week one against the Buccaneers when Kellen Moore decided 
you know what? We're not going to run on them. So let's air this ball out and let's just beat them through the air. To me, that was masterful. And I don't want Kellen Moore to fall into the trap of thinking he has to please Jerry. You what do you mean? Expose somebody's weakness on defense? Go on, like uh, like sound off. Like that's exactly what they did in week one. They realized they couldn't run it, and before you know it, Dak was slinging the ball all over the place. I firmly agree. Uh, go ahead, Tony. You know the only thing that makes me sad because I've mentioned sad. I've meant to oh, mention God. this for a couple weeks is. Do you remember how last year we were talking how Kellen Moore was aggressively taking what the defense was giving him? The first, like, that was a quote that they used constantly for, like, the first five, six weeks of the year. And all of a sudden, it was just like, after that, it was like put blasting their head into a wall and trying to fit a square peg in a round hole. And, and that's tough because we've seen it. We've seen this offense when they get creative and they get scheme-specific to what they're facing. Like, we need to find that, and I think that's where everybody's gotten soured on Kellen Moore is everything just changed in, like, the blink of an eye. So not to kind of jump in there with more negativity, but that's just been weighing on me for months at this point. Killing me, and, guys. You're killing me today. And, Go ahead, Aider. But it's it's quotes like these that it's like <clears throat> Jerry Jones is now handing Kellen Moore a round hole and a square peg or however that expression goes, and he's like, okay, <laughs> now fit them together because I want you to fit them together. And that's the reason that I don't like quotes. That is that is uh, a, a tough situation for Callum Moore to be in, considering the fact that his job, his ass is on the line this year, him and Mike McCarthy. So now you're kind of you're kind of pigeonholing both of these guys, like saying, like, like Jerry's like, well, I, I think uh, Zeke should get the ball 44 times, you know? And you're like, well, wait a minute. Hold on, everybody. Like, we, we got all these other guys, you know? We got Dak. We got all these guys to do things. Uh, because I've seen this before. I've seen, I believe it was in, it, 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 same thing goes for my beloved New York Yankees, right? Like we pay Joey Gallo like $10 million or $12 million for the year, or maybe even seven to, I don't know. It's a ridiculous amount of money. And he sucks at baseball. <laughs> you know, he can't play in New York and it's unfortunate, but he's playing all the time because you got an owner up there who's saying like, yo, I pay this guy all this money, you know, like you got to play him. So now we're in a situation where, you know, they're paying him a lot of money. And that's why, like, I don't know if he's trying to, if there's, you know, tread left on the tires. I don't know if this is, if this is Jerry saying like, let's run this guy into the ground. And then like, we don't have to worry about him next year. I don't know. This is, it, it doesn't feel right to me. It doesn't, I don't think he should have opened his mouth about Ezekiel Elliott. You know what I mean? Like, like give me an update about your draft class. Give me an update about anybody else. But like the one hot button topic along Cowboys nation everywhere is, Tony, uh, Tony Pollard or Ezekiel Elliott, who, which one are you going to give the ball to? And now he's like, oh, by the way, I'm about to make the decision for all of you guys. So shut up. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's very unfortunate. I don't know. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouthwatering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That's just the last thing I'll say about these quotes is that's another harmful thing to me. It's like, okay, now they also have to question whether they want to bring Tony Pollard into the game as the running back. If Ezekiel Elliott's, if Ezekiel Elliott's starting a little slow, Kellen Moore's just going to look up to the owner's box, see Jerry crossing his arms and be like, all right, guess we just have to stick with this guy. It's yeah, so. it's a rough situation. Now, just like Emmett Smith, you know, was a product 
a lot of people say this. I, I agree to an extent, obviously. The Great Wall of Dallas, right? The, the offensive line was incredible, right? And I think some of those guys, you know, who are still with us, you know, could probably suit up today and still block. You know what I mean? So those guys are forever football players, and Emmett Smith was privileged to run behind those guys and create the holes. Now, when you look at the Dallas Cowboys of 2022, we were talking about Zeke Elliott. We're talking about Tony Power. We're talking about the running game in general. And guess what? I, any any football fan out there knows that this is only going to be able to run through a good offensive line. Tony wrote an article this week on bloggingtheboys.com, and it was about the depth of the offensive line. Now, we found out, um, I believe it was, well, let's go, is hurt, correct? So he got banged up. Um, nothing too, too serious, but it's, it's still an injury. Tony, what are we going to do? Is, is it time to, you know, smash the panic button and say, we got to get some guys in here? You know, that, that's the whole juxt. That was the whole reason for the, the, for the article there is just that, you know, looking at Matt, well, let's go. He is somebody that we were speaking about in the swing tackle position, right? It was him versus Josh ball. Ideally, right. That's what is on the roster. Now you look in that, looking at that situation just in that entirety as it is already a, a shaky situation. I think we have no idea what Josh Ball is. He's never even played in an NFL preseason game, right? Nope. Same thing for, well, let's go. If you throw Aviante Collins in there too, the, the three of them combined have no starts, right? So you're looking at somebody that's, they got no experience, right? You are looking at what they have behind us is, is scary. And I think that's one of the reasons why a lot of people Regardless of what Lyle Collins is doing in Cincinnati, a lot of people scratched their head about the situation of getting rid of the depth because Terrence Steele may be a fine starting right tackle, but he was a hell of a swing tackle, right? I mean, you get somebody like that to be your sixth offensive lineman, you love that situation. I think we were cool with that. But now the Willetsko injury, they don't think it's too major, but they haven't really put a timetable on it, right? The, he, he He's two, three practices in before he's hurt. The pads are coming on this week. We don't know when he's going to show up again. Is it Tuesday? Is it Wednesday? We don't know. That being said, offensive line is in a premium. It's 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 like a dime a dozen now. They're so hard to find quality offensive linemen. If you look down the list, and Daryl Williams was even picked up. So he was a 30-year-old option that could have already been came in there for the swing tackle. Then you're looking at guys like Jason Peters, who is 40. You know, it's 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 really slim pickings. So it's like, okay, I understand why you want to look and see what you have for depth here. But at the end of the day, at what point, and this was the whole reason for the article, is at what point do you make this decision to be honest with yourself? Is this quality? Is this going to be enough if something goes happen or happen, God forbid, on offensive line? Is Dak Prescott safe? <laughs> you know what I mean? Is right. Dak Prescott going to be able to operate the offense? Or can you be real about it now? Understand what you have isn't enough and go and get somebody before that market gets depleted because 32 teams are practicing and 32 teams are going to get injuries. That slim pickings is going to be even slimmer. So I'm a little nervous about it. I'm hoping that you know everything happens and stays clean, but we know the reality of the situation is something's going to happen and we have to prepare for it. Aiden, is this just ignorance at this point? Like, it, this is the, the the deepest your roster is allowed to be, according to, like, when all the cuts are made in a couple of weeks, you know? This is where you can add as much as you, you, like, possibly can. Like, why aren't the Cowboys worried about this? Like, offensive linemen, when they go down, the entire offense doesn't move the same. It's not the well-oiled machine you thought you had a couple minutes ago. As soon as somebody hits the ground hard, it's like, all right, Let's bring in the backup. Cool. So you have a backup, right? Like, am I wrong? Like, now that's the kind of question I'm asking here. Do they have 
serviceable guys that are on this roster right now that you have confidence in. Like Tony was just saying, the other guys have there's three guys with with zero zero point zero zero, which is less than one games played in the NFL. Do you feel like this is a little ignorance on the Cowboys part to not add anybody right now? All offseason when I've wrote about it, I've been calling it a gamble. And like I've used that quote every single time, like they're gambling on the offensive line. I, I think you're right. I don't think it's a gamble anymore. I think we're just nearing the cliff of just stupidity because we saw what happened last year. I mean, the Cowboys did not have a steady like front five for pretty much the entire season. Every week was a different rotation. And even with very quality backup guys last season, like, I mean, McGovern was there. Williams was a backup for a little bit. I mean, Terrence Steele was a backup last season, unless you're counting Lyle Collins. Like, that's some quality backup players, and they still struggled when they had to rotate. What's going to happen when you have to throw in a guy like Josh Ball, who, as we've said, doesn't have a single start? What if, I mean, at this point, the only backup player we have is Connor McGovern, and that's only because we drafted a guy who now has zero career snaps playing left guard. So I just, I think this is ridiculous, and we're all, I hope Matt Walesko, he heals quickly. I hope we can get him back on the field soon, but we're lucky it was Matt Walesko. What happened if this was Tyron Smith early on in the week? And I hate to say it, but then who are we, like, then you're talking about Matt Walesko potentially starting week one. Does that not terrify everybody? Yeah, I mean, Eesh. you know what the, the problem is, and, and I don't mean like this isn't <laughs> this whole podcast has just been on, on the negative train. But what I will <laughs> say is like right before, like you just said, like, what if it was Tyron Smith? I'm saying when it will be Tyron Smith, because exactly. you know, it's inevitable and it's, it sucks to say that. And yeah, he puts all the whole, you know, everybody on notice like, oh, this is the strongest I've felt. Guess what, everybody? If you haven't noticed, everybody is the strongest they felt when they first start camp. Everybody is feeling good. Everybody hasn't taken a hit in five, six months, right? So, like, it's working to their advantage that, yes, they're all feeling great. But you got to worry about that, man. Like, there was there was times within the NFL season, within, you know, Tyron Smith's entire career, that when he went down, the offense just didn't go. And that's a very, very big problem to have. And I understand, like, if they're young and they haven't had any reps, that's one thing. I get it. Like, obviously, you know, where, where are you going to get your reps? You know what I mean? Where are you going to where are you going to get to game speed? You're not until you're thrown in there. I, I I don't know. Tony, do you agree with me when I say that based off this offensive line, that this might be the most important preseason in Cowboys history? Like, we really need to see what the heck we have. I don't think that's a stretch at all. You know, I think the like you said, where is the competition if one of the two guys vying for the swing tackle position isn't playing? Right. So now it's Josh Ball's job to lose. Now, competition breeds success. Right. I'm really a big proponent of iron sharps iron. If Josh Ball goes out there and has good reps, well, let's go is going to see that and want to, you know, want to just, it's just better for competition. When mm -hmm. one of those guys is out, it hurts that. Um, now you get out there and they got preseason reps. We've already said that that Dak Prescott isn't going to play in the first two preseason games. That's pretty much a given at this point. Um, but with that being said, get Cooper Rush out there. Get Will Greer out there and let these tackles just, you know, baptism by fire. And they need to get out there and go and see. We need it from Tyler Smith. We actually, we may need to see Terrence Steele get some reps. I, I mean, listen, I know we have no pads on. And, um, you know, I know it's that we got to take that with a grain of salt. But you see that 
there's been some snaps where Terrence Steele is getting beat like a drum by Micah Parsons, by Demarcus Lawrence. Like even our right tackle needs these reps. And I think offensive line, much how I feel about wide receiver. I feel a little more comfortable at wide receiver, but those are two key positions on the offense that need to find identities, that need to find players, and they need to get those reps in the preseason. Aiden. Yeah, Tony, you just hit on it. I think then my number one takeaway from this week, or at least the most important storyline I took away from this week, once again, I ignore most of the positive headlines. My biggest takeaway from this week is Terrence Steele really struggled. And like it was really bad I, week for Terrence Steele. I know yeah, he's going I mean, up look, against Micah. He's going up against right. the Marcus. He's going but, against the two of the best players in football. And that listen, not every this week. This is our you're starting fight. right tackle. Like this and, is not a and, and, and justifiably so, man. Justifiably so. Because I, I said that too when I read those things. You hear all this, you read it all on Twitter that Terrence Steele is getting butchered over there at right tackle. And again, then kudos and credit to Micah Parsons, credit to Demarcus Lawrence, credit to those guys for getting the pressures, right? But again, guys, there's no pads. There's there's no pickup blocks. There's no there's no help. You know what I mean? So for me to get nuts about Terrence Steele right now is just, it's not good for my health. <laughs> it's so good, Tony. Let me interject a little positivity. I was talking to my brother about this, and obviously we've talked about my brother. What, you know, would, what would he know about offensive line? Yeah, right. right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he's only, he only practiced against Ryan Kerrigan. And, you know, so he's, so I asked him, I said, you know, the Terrence Steele stuff, do you put any stock in this guy getting beat like a drum with no pads on? And my brother, you know, coming to Terrence Steele's defense, like his fellow offensive lineman said, it's actually harder without the pads you can't get as physical you don't really want to get up in on somebody that your teammate with just the helmet on you know what I mean so it's the pads are more indicative he's like I would take it with a grain of salt like yeah the speed's gonna be there Michael Parsons has nothing on he's flying by him you know Demarcus Lawrence is flying by him it's it's much harder for an offensive lineman to get real physical so I took that to calm me down a little bit but we're gonna need to see with these pads on even the uppers just the uppers for Terrence Steele to stick these guys to really be able to anchor on them because that's his weakness he doesn't have much body lower body strength I just had an epiphany I just had a really good idea. The Dallas Cowboys should call Tyler Catalina. I like, agree. Joe here? Philbin, let's go, buddy. Worcester what are Academy. We doing here? Like He's we from can the add area. Catalina to the roster. <laughs> listen, like, I, listen, we'll get all the field passes we need. It'll be good for blogging <laughs> the boys. It'll be let's make it happen. It's just a win-win all over the place. All right, look, I'm calling it now. All right. It's we're we're 28 minutes into the podcast. No more negativity, okay? Because now we're going to spin this before we go and let it and take it over by RJ and Emmett Smith. Aiden, I'm going to start with you, Mr. Negative, okay? Give me one positive that you've seen that's jumped off the charts to you in week one of the NFL training camp for the Dallas Cowboys. He's sitting here thinking thought bubbles are moving. <laughs> He's <Okay>. trying. <laughs> Man, as a person who really doesn't put much stock into positive headlines, what I'll say is, I think the Cowboys might be better at receiver than we've been making it out to be all off season. Trying to tell like, people, that, but go ahead. I I was the one banging the drum during the draft saying we do not need to take a receiver with a top three pick, but it's TJ Vasher. I mean, James Washington had. It's weird. He's had a couple wide open passes. Some of them he's dropped, but I'm like, how is James Washington just getting this open against our secondary? That's encouraging. Obviously, we now have a new addition to the receiving roster. I think that from what I've seen all across the board, even CeeDee Lamb's doing CeeDee Lamb stuff. He's making reverse catches in the, like, 360 catches in the end zone. He's going to do his stuff. I think we are 
Based off the first week of training camp, heavy asterisks might be fine at receiver. All right, Tony, give me something good, bro. All right, so the difference of night and day between last year and this year is kind of crazy. We had question marks about this group. This year, I think it might be one of the deepest in the whole team, and that's the secondary. You know, let me get on my soapbox. I think Anthony Brown is getting his flowers like he deserves, right? I think people are right. About time that Anthony Brown gets the respect he deserves. Trayvon Diggs is Trayvon Diggs. He's doing his thing. You can see him in the films that we get to see with all our guys that cover the team. Trayvon Diggs is getting experimental with his coverages. He's letting his athletic ability show. He's really finding ways to like sharpen his toolbox right now. Like he gets beat in practice. I'm not really, I'm not really taking much from that because you could see his his gears grinding. But Trayvon Diggs playing well, Anthony Brown playing well, Kelvin Joseph is is kind of he's battling out there, and he needs that. He needs the reps because I think if it's not this year, definitely at some point this year he's gonna be put in the mix there because I've been on record saying. You know, unless Jordan Lewis is holding him off, I think the best secondary or corners, it would be Trayvon Diggs, Kelvin Joseph outside, kick Anthony Brown in the slot. And now that's one through three. Those are some really good physical ball getting, you know, cornerbacks with, you know, and now you got Lewis as the fourth corner. And I feel good about that. So um, I'm really excited about the secondary, the safeties for the first time. And how long, guys? How long are the safeties? J-Ron Curse, uh, Malik Darren Hooker. <laughs> yeah, Donovan Wilson. Like Malik Hooker, the issue with Malik Hooker was never his ability. It was always availability. Now that he's healthy, Jerry Jones touched on it. We think that he could be a steal. And I and I agree. I think Malik Hooker is going to really be a, a star back there. We know J-Ron Curse is the jackknife. So I'm very very excited about this secondary, and I think that's the one thing that this week has shown. The defense was definitely ahead of the offense, and I think that has a lot to do with the secondary play. And ahead, from yeah. what I heard, from what I heard, Nation Wright had a pretty good day yesterday. So you can throw his. I was actually on a uh, Twitter Spaces with his mother. Okay, so <laughs> uh, yeah, weird. I know. I jumped on, and I'm like, it was our boy Nick's, and he's like, uh, he's like, oh, he kept calling her Mama Wright, Mama Wright. I'm like, what the hell? Is, who is he talking to? And then I was like, oh my god, this is Sean Wright's mother. Um, so there's like a whole pack of moms on there. I know Zeke's mom's on Twitter, <laughs> like you know what I mean. And so I got in the uh, night Sean Wright. All right, so two things I'm gonna say came out of Dallas Cowboys Week One training camp that were pretty cool. You guys touched on some of them, and I I wholeheartedly agree with both. Our boy Sean McEwen flashing a little bit. Okay. He's a yeah. he's a friend of the show. Okay. And he's flashing out there. And it's good to see because when push comes to shove, we would like him to be not just for our own personal clout, but we need him to be tight end too. We need him to step up this year. And and I think his first week of camp was good. And actually, I wished him well in his first week of camp. He responded to me on Instagram and he said, you know, let's go. Let's let's get let's get it going. So um, big ups to Sean McEwen. Now, I know we're blogging the boys and um, the, the website.com. You guys are all great writers. Everybody that I've interacted with on bloggingtheboys.com is great. But a very, very good, cool thing happened uh, in the world of Dallas Cowboys media. I got to give a special shout to one of the OGs, one of the guys that are, you know, you can go to this guy for content for like just Anytime you need, and that's Mr. Patrick Walker, who signs on with the Dallas Cowboys media team. So now, another friend of the show, we're going to try to get him on here because, uh, again, he's one of my favorite guys to, to follow, and now he's working for the Mothership. So congratulations to No C on his new position over with the Dallas Cowboys. Taking Basically, the, Tony, you said an Elman spot, basically, right? 
Yeah, I mean, it looks like that. And, you know, just to touch on that, to give him his flowers too. Such a motivation, you know, such a motivation for a guy like that to kind of grind it, get it the long way. You know, somebody like myself, I look up to that. That's like the ultimate. Like, I, I can't believe that I get paid to cover the Cowboys. Now he actually works for the team. He's a part of that team. That's awesome. I mean, there's nothing else to say about it other than that's sick. And congratulations to him, man. And Aiden? Yesterday, yesterday, Patrick Walker did a great episode with friend of the show cow humans that was a great it was great to watch they did they covered yeah. like they covered drink after a video and if you haven't watched that definitely yeah. check it out so it's 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 gonna be a long long camp we got a lot of friends out there in oxnard right now which is great for our coverage it's great for the stories that we're getting it's great for the video content that we're getting there's you know there, there's so many guys that are like right there in the mix of it uh, to show us uh, just exactly how we're doing right now. And, of course, again, we're one week in, so let's not get nuts. Let's not get too crazy. But, again, it's it's good to see them back out there, and it's good to see the Dallas Cowboys back in training camp and um, on their quest for the back-to-back, at least back-to-back NFC East championship. So we got a lot to go over as the weeks go on, but a special treat to all you guys listening right now. Don't adjust your sets. Don't turn off the iTunes or the – Spotify or the radio or whatever you guys are listening to this podcast because coming up right now is the interview on bloggingtheboys.com between RJ Ochoa and the GOAT himself, Emmett Smith, the greatest running back in Cowboys history, maybe NFL history to some minds, including my own. So for Dave Sturcio, Tony Catalina, and of course, Aiden Davis, this has been another episode of the First and Ten Podcast, and we'll see you guys next week. Welcome back to the SB Nation NFL show. I'm RJ Ochoa, and I am not alone. I am joined by Pro Football Hall of Famer, the all-time great, the NFL's all-time leading rusher, one of my absolute favorite players. He is a walking, talking legend. Emmett Smith, Emmett, thank you so much for taking the time to join the SB Nation NFL show. Uh, Oh, thank you, man. Appreciate it. It's always great speaking to you, Emmett, and I understand you're at Panini's VIP party as we're speaking on Saturday night, working with the exclusive trading card partner of the NFL. What's it like seeing your own Panini trading card? I'm sure you've never seen a trading card of yourself before. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's been great. I mean, I obviously for years, uh, as a young person, most people grew up and not, I've never collected trading cards. I saw them, but I never really collected them. But then when you become a professional athlete and you start to see your name and your image on on a piece of uh, on a trading card and so forth, you start to really understand that there's a bigger industry beyond the game itself. And so this relationship that I've had with Panini over the last several years has been excellent. Uh, work with them on some on various products, and uh, I just enjoy the partnership right now. No, I know you only choose to work with the best. And so it makes sense that you would have partnered up with Panini way back when. Um, I think this would be a fun question to ask Cowboys fans, but but it's even more fun to ask you. Is there a specific moment from your career that you would like to see on a Panini trading card? Uh, you know, that's a, that's a great question. Um, there, you know, I've had and enjoyed so many great moments. If I could have moments that I could share with 2,500 different fans, there might be something I can possibly uh, drum up. I mean, I got ideas and thoughts, but, you know, there's been great moments. Panini does a great job of capturing various moments of every athlete's career and put it on a trading card, and they get it out there. So and it's quality product. 
That's awesome. Well, so I was kind of playing around by asking that question to myself. If, if I could choose a moment for Emmett, uh, what would it be? And I think a lot of people would, would flock. I introduced you as the NFL's all-time leading rusher. You are the Russian king, Emmett. I, I would pick that moment. I, I would love to, you know, I've, I've got a photo of that in my office. You know office. what, that, that, is a, that, is a mo- that is a moment that could be memorialized, the NFL Russian title that day. I broke the record. I mean, there's probably so many images there that can be immortalized into a trading card that's very unique and very special. And, you know, you never know, 25 years of anniversaries coming up. I'm celebrating 20 years of anniversary on uh, October 27th of this year. So it might be something we can work out. You, That's what know. I'm, you know what, Emmett? I don't even need the cut. You know what I'm saying? I, I gave you the idea, but I just want to take the idea and run with it. All right. Just don't forget that I told it to you. It's all between you and Panini. Uh, can you believe it's been 20 years? I, I mean, I, I do think that that's important. Man. I mean, it's crazy. It is crazy. Time flies and it waits for no person. And so, and I think the older I get, the, the more I realize that it's moving quickly. I mean, I see my kids continuing uh, to graduate from high school, go off to college and graduate from college and, and move on up the ranks. Yes, it's reminding me that I am getting older. And yes, that record is still standing too. <laughs> well, I know um, I know you kept that jersey and that whole uniform in a warehouse um, that was chronicled on your episode of A Football Life. Great stuff uh, that happened there. You mentioned your, your kids in college. I'm a Texas Aggie myself, so you know I'm a big fan of, of what you got going on, Emmett, where your money's going to. Um, as, as we bring it to the current Cowboys, um, I, you know, Zeke Elliott is a player who many have, have sort of wanted and, and willed to, to sort of be Emmett reincarnated. And I know that you've enjoyed Zeke and his career. Right. Um, this has been a very interesting offseason as far as the way Cowboys fans perceive him. You and I are talking on Saturday, and earlier today, Jerry Jones said that Zeke has to be the focus of the run game. Do you agree with that, or do you think that Tony Pollard should be involved? There's no doubt. So you agree? There's no doubt. There's no doubt. I know. Uh, yes, I do agree 100%. Zeke Elliott is our number one guy and should be the focal point of the entire offense. I mean, at the end of the day, I love Tony Pollard. But Zeke is our one, two, three guy. The question becomes, how long can any man last in this league? Stephen Jones said it best. They don't make them like they used to. I mean, I'm old school throwback. It is what it is. First, second, and third down back all day long. As AP would say, all day, that was us. Nowadays, it's running back by committee, and that's only by design. It's not, it's not saying that he cannot handle it. You got to put it in his hand to give him a chance to prove that he can I think that's well said that that kind of lends to if I had to pick a different moment from your career for a Panini trading card, I'd, I'd pick, you know, everybody knows that the road game in New York when your shoulder was all beat up, uh, very, very few running backs could do what you did that day. Um, so again, you know, I don't need to cut from that either. I mean, I'm just here to help you um, on, on the subject of um, of history. Um, next week is, is the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and it's it's always a great kind of kickstarting to to a new season beginning. Right. Um, last year, your head coach right. Jimmy Johnson goes in. It's a huge, awesome Cowboys event, and I'm sure just you know chock full of memories. Uh, and it was then that Jerry Jones said on the Fox set with your boy Troy Aikman that, that Jimmy Johnson would be enshrined in the Ring of Honor. And here we sit a year later, right. and and Jerry's had opportunities to kind of you know add some detail to that and he's he's chosen not to do, do you think this this will happen when do you think it'll happen what are your thoughts there yeah it's gonna happen it's gonna happen it's gonna happen there's no doubt it's gonna happen and um, jimmy definitely deserved to be in a ring of honor and i think jerry will make that happen it's just a matter of uh jerry trying to find probably the the most proper time to maximize the moment <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, that's uh, that's very well said. Uh, certainly, um, that's you, you know that well as as a member of this franchise for a very long time. What is next week like for you? I, I know that that's in the future, but you've been to the Hall of Fame enshrinement many different times. Um, I was at your own personal mm-hmm. enshrinement. Um, is, is, is it, you know, not everybody who's up there has your resume. I mean, yeah, everybody's got a gold jacket, but not everybody's got Super Bowl rings and nobody else has the NFL's all-time leading rushing title. Is it is it kind of a, an opportunity for you to flex or just visit with other greats of the game? You know, one thing about us athletes, man, and Hall of Famers, we don't flex on each other. We all there to enjoy each other. We all on the same team. We all understand the process that we all had to go through in order to get to that place. And so it's one of those moments where you're just grateful and thankful that you've been selected out of a handful of athletes who have ever played the game to end up in a place as special as Ken. Period. That's all. That's awesome. Um, Tarrant Cowboys have a lot of greats on their team. Uh, last time you and I spoke was the Super Bowl right before Tom Brady got his seventh ring, and, and you advocated for Dak Prescott getting paid. That has since happened. Um, have, have you, since, since you've, you know, since your career has ended, or your playing career, rather, have you seen another player like Dak in terms of how special he is to the locker room and, and how sp- it's, it's difficult to be a Cowboy? You understand, understand that better than anybody else, but have you ever seen another player like right. Dak Prescott? No, not, not well. The only other one that I would see that, that stepped up and, and and was a leader was Tim Tebow. And when you see young kids coming out of college taking on that mantle, Tim Tebow did it. Uh, Drew Drew Brees was was a guy in his huddle. Uh, there was many great leaders that stepped up, but but Dak Prescott has been one of those guys that commanded his whole offense. And I think Joe Burrow's is doing the same thing up in Cincinnati. Yeah, I think that that's uh, that's a great comp too. And, and Tim, T- people, you know, people think one way of Tim Tebow, but as far as you know, how he led a huddle, that's that's a great comparison there. Um, I would be remiss yep. if I didn't ask you for your thoughts on on this season when it comes to the Cowboys, Emmett. Obviously, you're going to guarantee a Super Bowl win, uh, but I mean, how, how do you see this season unfolding? <laughs> it's it's been a very no, strange no, I'm, I'm, I'm few months. I'm going to leave the guarantee into a Super Bowl win to Michael Irvin. I'm, I'm going to just say <laughs> our Cowboys have. And I said this many, many years in a row. It's not that we don't have the talent. The question is, can we become mentally tough enough and have the stamina to last an entire football season without making too many mistakes and capitalizing? When I look at my Cowboys, I'm looking at them in quarters. The first quarter of the season, which will be the first four weeks of the season, the second quarter, and are we making progression? Are we getting better? Are we eliminating mistakes as we continue to play games? Or are we making the same old mistakes? And do we get lackadaisical and lose focus somewhere point, some point in time in the middle of the season to where we can never recover? Those are the things I'm looking for. Injuries are the one things that can hurt any team. But if you stay focused and stay committed and everybody's prepared to go in every week, we should be okay. Last one for you, Emmett. I know you're very busy. Uh, when it comes to Mike McCarthy, like I said, it's, it's very difficult and very different to be associated with the Cowboys, to be the Cowboys running back, the Cowboys quarterback. And in Mike McCarthy's case, the Cowboys head coach. Yep. Um, it, it, I mean, everybody knows the storylines. Everybody knows what's been said and what's been written and Sean Payton and whatnot. Um, what, if you could offer advice to Mike McCarthy for this season with, with everything hanging over his head, what, what would Emmett Smith, the NFL's all-time leading rusher, say to him? I would say to Mike McCarthy, like I would say to the Dallas Cowboys, y'all know what you need to do. You need to be mentally focused, mentally prepared, mental toughness, and then be physically ready at the same time. And then just run your race. Discount all the other noise because all this out here is just distractions. Stay focused on what you need to do as a team. Put everything else on the sideline and then allow the chips to line up where they may. 
And at the end of the day, when you put all that together, you have something to be proud of. If you don't do that, just say this whole season was a waste. That's a good philosophy for life in general. Run your race. I love that, Emmett. Uh, it's great to see you're enjoying yourself. Run your race. Football. <laughs> uh, I love that. I also love your, right, your write, write things down. It's only a dream until you write it down, then it's a goal. Um, I've, I've loved all the things yep. that you've said over your, your life, Emmett. Uh, great to see you hanging out with everyone at the Panini and the partnership that you have going on. Wish you nothing but a great football season. Lots, lots of great food and fun times and experiences and and hopefully uh, hopefully some fun. You know, that's, that's what we want more than anything else. Thank you so much for joining the SB Nation NFL show. All right, bro.